The EMT by On My Literature Bullshit Again Chapters 8-9 to Part 12 of the Midwest Biodisaster Zuka series Read by Meadow Zuko Deer from AO3 Rating, teen and up audiences Archive warning, no archive warnings apply See Chapter 1 for tags Chapter 8 Summary Proof that you can love your boyfriend and also find him super annoying all at once. I.e. Sokka is bad at being injured and having to take it easy, and Zuko is bad at chilling the hell out. Zuko knew he was being overprotective. Even with a fractured leg and bruised ribs and a banged up face, Sokka was still more capable than most people. If anything, it had just empowered his mad scientist side, which had him cobbling together gadgets to make it easier to work and shower and take care of the dog. Teo, who felt horribly guilty once he found out what had happened, helped too. He'd come over basically as soon as he'd heard, bringing with him some get-well-soon balloons and a lap full of mobility devices. He actually audibly gasped when he saw Sokka's face. Yeah, well, Sokka offered, gesturing at it. You know the first rule of Fight Club. Zuko rolled his eyes and watched as the two went through the strange experimental devices his dad had made to help out Teo's own mobility limitations. They talked excitedly, and Sokka immediately started fiddling with ways to make them work better for him, and Zuko tried to reassure himself that this was a good thing. Between the three of them, Sokka was doing just fine taking care of himself. Except that Sokka also had an incurable chaotic child energy, which was where Zuko's overprotectiveness came in. Basically, he was fucking terrified every time Sokka started pushing himself around in his office chair, or leaving his crutches and just hopping to the kitchen, or throwing things to shut off lights instead of getting up. And that didn't even account for the regular soccer life dangers that just seemed to constantly linger around someone like him. Basically, he was going to hurt himself worse. He was going to burn down his apartment. He was going to give Zuko an ulcer. So Zuko hadn't actually stayed at his own apartment for more than maybe an hour at a time in about two weeks, and was really only away from soccer otherwise to work. And he'd even managed to limit those hours with the help of Nick to whom he owed about a hundred favours. Otherwise, Zuko ducked down to grab clothes and take care of the cats every so often after he'd smuggled his laptop and toothbrush and phone charger up to Sokka's apartment. It made it easier for him to keep up with Sokka's pain med schedule and to force him to eat healthy food and actually rest and elevate his leg. Sokka, of course, whined and argued and made stupid jokes every chance he got, but he did begrudgingly let Zuko take care of him. At least for the first week or so. Maybe he actually wanted the help but couldn't admit it? Maybe he just liked and tolerated Zuko enough to put up with the treatment for the time being. Whatever the reason, he tolerated Zuko being a fussy pain in the arse, his EMT and doctor jokes had just gotten worse and more frequent and more pointed. When the ambulance goes extra fast, is it going at fixed neck speed? Too bad my arms aren't what got broken. That would have been much more humorous. How many doctors does it take to change a light bulb? 
depends on whether the bulb's got good health insurance. Soccer, I will kill you for real, Zuko said after the last one, knowing full well his threats meant nothing in the face of a bored, medicated soccer who thought he was hilarious. Which was proven by soccer simply saying, You know, you only ever see EMTs working two at a time. Call it a paradox. By the time they were getting into the second week, though, even his sense of humour started running thin. He was getting increasingly irritable and snappish and stir-crazy, which made sense to a certain degree, even if it still made Zuko feel a bit bad. Sokka was used to taking his dog on long walks and going to the gym and doing things that involved having two legs. He'd even been exclusively working from home for the time being. Do I really want to explain to Debbie in HR that I got hate-crimed after a drag show? He'd asked rhetorically while flopping backwards onto his bed. Yeah, I'm gonna pass. So he'd been mostly holed up, which Zuko already knew from experience over the winter was not good for the soccer mental state. He'd also finally told Katara, who'd lost her mind and was about two minutes away from getting in her car and driving right up there to take care of him and maybe kill someone. Both impulses that Zuko could understand and appreciate, but also wanted to deter. Sokka had put Zuko on the phone with her. Please tell her I've already got one nurse and I don't need another one, Sokka said tiredly. Oh, I've been downgraded to nurse now, have I? Zuko said, but accepted the phone where Katara was still audibly yelling. How are you going to take care of yourself like that? But when I get there, I swear I'll make sure you're actually resting the amount you're supposed to and... Uh, hey, Katara? Yeah, it's Zuko, he said into the phone, which did at least stop the torrent of words. He's okay here, really. I'm taking care of him. Still, Katara said, you know him. He needs someone to stay with him or he'll go nuts and do something stupid, so I really should. Feeling the oncoming storm again, Zuko headed her off. I'm staying with him, he said. I won't let anything happen to him. Not again. Okay. Katara finally quieted through the phone. He did tell me what you did for him, how you handled it, she said softly. I just did my job, Zuko replied, shaking his head, and Katara made a noise through the phone like a sort of laugh. He's really lucky to have you, she said, and I guess I trust that you can keep track of him for now. I'm still coming to visit, though, she added, almost sharply. Just maybe not. This exact second. I'm sure he'd be happy to see you any time, Zuko said. And seriously, I can even send you daily updates on his progress if you want. Sokka sighed loudly and dramatically from beside him, which Katara clearly heard and laughed at through the phone. See? He loves the idea, Zuko told her, and Sokka elbowed him in the side. I didn't stop Zuko, though, from scooting away and snapping a quick picture of Sokka which he immediately sent to Katara, who then started screeching through the phone again. So that one was on Zuko, at the end of the day. But other than interactions like that, there wasn't a lot that could be done for Sokka's annoyance and edginess. For the time being, Zuko tried to find things for him to do, and tried not to be too much of a caretaker instead of a boyfriend. 
At least Teo was more than happy to come over and play cards or help him make up activities for Boomerang even in the apartment. He even bought Ezra at one point, and Zuko suddenly understood Sokka's comment about them as younger stupid them, based entirely on furtive glances and a lot of smiling and blushing and sitting just slightly too close together. But Sokka brightened at having people around again, which was what mattered. It seemed good at first that Katara also called far more frequently, as did Hakoda and Grangran. But all of them were worried for Sokka's well-being, and wouldn't stop pestering him or pitying him, which he obviously hated. He occasionally griped Jazuka about it, or yanked him down into bed to cuddle back against his chest, pressing kisses to the back and sides of his neck. Zuko would chuckle and let Sokka be the big spoon, let him be the one to shelter and hold for a while. Being injured doesn't make you less capable, you know, Zuko murmured as Sokka tucked his face into Zuko's shoulder and locked his hand around his waist. People just love you, and want you to be okay. I know that, Sokka grumbled, nuzzling into his neck. I'm just... I'm not a baby. Obviously, Zuko replied, reaching overhead to scratch his nails against Sokka's scalp in a way that made him give a contented sigh. It's just, as my uncle would say, there's nothing wrong with letting people who love you help you. Ugh, Sokka grumbled and moved to slide his hand up the inside of Zuko's shirt. How about I help you for a bit? Keep it in your pants, Sokka, Zuko chuckled. But why, Sokka whined, when I could get in your pants instead? Zuko rolled over to face him which made Sokka grumble again, but he stopped making noises as soon as Zuko kissed him. He was careful with the kisses, though, avoiding the still-healing cuts on his face. I'm not that fragile, Sokka murmured, working a hand up into Zuko's hair. Zuko ignored him, and kept his kisses soft and his legs carefully away from Sokka's cast. It did get to a point where Sokka insisted, loudly and dramatically, that he wasn't staying at his apartment for another minute, so if they were getting groceries, he was coming with, damn it. Zuko sighed and accepted, recognising full tilt stubborn Sokka when he saw it. However, once they were there, Zuko also recognised the looks. People had definitely noticed Sokka's poor multicoloured face in its stages of healing. That paired with Zuko's differently multicoloured, fully healed face, led to those sorts of awkward, concerned glances Zuko had gotten far too used to in his life. Zuko had had to adjust with time to the looking-not-looking glances and the hovering gaze on the side of his face instead of his eyes. By now, he knew how to ignore it and just live his life. But it was new for Sokka, and awkward and uncomfortable, and impossible to ignore. He got back to the apartment irritable and sore, from being on his feet and using the crutches so long and being looked at. Zuko kept an eye on him as they unloaded, and he was worryingly quiet. There were no snippy comments or jokes, no casual touches or sly smiles. His face was drawn, forehead furrowed. He finally gave up even trying to manoeuvre awkwardly around the kitchen and went to his bedroom. Zuko let him although he did bring him water and his pain meds a little later. 
I'm sick of meds, Soccer had grumbled, even as he took them. Should I hide them in cheese like your boomerang? Zuko said with a bit of a smile, which Soccer at least returned a little. Maybe, Soccer replied, rubbing his hands carefully over his face. You okay? Zuko asked, setting the glass aside and sitting on the bed near him. You seem... upset. Yeah, because I fucking am, Sokka snapped, which caused Zuko to raise his eyebrow in surprise. Sokka sighed. Sorry, that was... yeah, it's... I'm fine. Sokka, Zuko tried, but Sokka waved him off, face closing over again in a way Zuko hated. The no-more-emotions Sokka face that was all stiff lines and eyes that wouldn't look at him. I think I'm gonna nap, Sokka said. At least I can still do that. He lay down on his side, rolled away from Zuko, and pulled up the blankets. Zuko moved to let him, but very intentionally didn't help. He did sit down by him again, though, once Sokka was settled, and stroked the hair away from his face. Sokka didn't ask him to stay or leave, his eyes shut and his shoulders still tense. So Zuko sat for a while beside him, just stroking his hair. Sokka had nice hair, thick and loose above the shaved-down sides, and he sometimes made this pleasant, grumbling sigh at having it played with. There was no sigh this time, although he did shut his eyes and finally relax a little more. And that was good. He needed to heal. He needed to be okay again. Zuko reached for his secret weapon, and moved to rub Sokka's ear, which immediately took more tension out of his neck again. Thank Uncle for making him learn some acupressure. Zuko kept rubbing over the shape of his ear, listening to Sokka breathe, knowing he was doing it again, standing guard, being overprotective. But he couldn't stop it. Not entirely. Thanks, Sokka murmured, barely audibly, and Zuko allowed himself a thin smile. Sokka was going to be okay. Zuko was going to make sure of it. Zuko was on one of those rare stays in his own apartment, and giving some attention to his pair of annoyed cats, when he heard the crash from upstairs. Previous to that, he'd been dealing with Dragon being needy and crying and winding between his legs, and Lucky sitting on the other side of the room with his back to Zuko and his ears down, so it was clear he was mad at him. But not mad enough, obviously, to actually leave the room. Basically, they were both being obnoxious, but Zuko did love and miss his pair of furry bastards. He tried to tell them this as he refilled their water and food, but that was when the crash upstairs happened. He was out and up the stairs in a moment, hoping belatedly that he'd actually shut his front door behind him, or he'd be chasing down two cats. Then he threw open Sokka's door without knocking to find him tipped over in his office chair, on his back with his legs in the air, attempting to right himself while dealing with Boomerang, licking his face in concern. I was gone for ten minutes, Zuko yelled, as he strode over to help get Sokka up. Sokka caught his arm, and together they got him and the chair upright again. But Sokka still looked annoyed. What were you even trying to do? Zuko demanded. I just want to be able to get to my own damn kitchen! Sokka snapped. It's ridiculous! I should be able to get some damn water for myself! 
You couldn't wait a couple more minutes for me? Zuko replied, realising only belatedly how he was coming off. Sokka groaned. Fuck's sake, I don't need you to do everything for me! Sokka, I swear to god, if you hurt yourself, Zuko began, and Sokka glared at him, which was extra vicious looking with the yellowing bruises still around his eye. You'll, what, somehow nanny me even more, he snapped, and Zuko frowned at him. I'm just trying to... Drive me insane, Sokka interrupted, looking in many ways like a pissy child. Because if that's the goal, dude, well done. Zuko rolled his eyes, irritation taking over reason. You're just being a brat because you can't do whatever you want all the time, he replied, only noticing the frustration and stress cutting through his voice after the fact. God forbid you have to think for half a second. Sokka stared at him. I'm being a brat, he repeated. Yes, Zuko replied, crossing his arms and now, apparently, being equally childish. So that was where they were at. Great. Very productive. Well then, you're being an annoying babysitter, Sokka announced. I'm a grown-ass man. Zuko snorted. A grown-ass man falling over in a wheelie chair. Sokka wrinkled his nose at him. Well, if I'm such a pain in the ass, you could go back to your apartment, couldn't you? You just proved why I can't, Zuko replied, gesturing at him a little wildly. I clearly can't even trust you alone for ten goddamn minutes! So, you're just gonna live here forever? Sokka argued, all levels of snippy and petulant now, and Zuko just glared at him. Just be my constant living nanny? Maybe I will, Zuko barked. Think you could stop me? Seriously? Sokka replied, forehead furrowing. What, you'll just start sneaking your stuff upstairs and hope I don't notice? Why not? Zuko replied, glaring. I don't have that much stuff anyway. Sokka scoffed. God, sometimes you're such a... Oh, don't start with me, Zuko snapped back. You think I couldn't move in here if I wanted to? Please. Oh yeah, like I'd never notice a bunch of cats invading my apartment. There are two cats, Zuko barked back, and I already hide one from the apartments. You think I couldn't hide them from you too? How hard could it be? Wow, Sokka groaned with an exaggerated eye roll. So I'm a brat and now I'm stupid, huh? So glad you're dedicated to harassing me. You'd be lost without me, Zuko replied shifting his stance and squaring his shoulders. Don't even pretend you'd be fine without me here making sure you didn't kill yourself like the chaos train wreck you are. I obviously survived before you, Sokka yelled, so I don't need you on top of me every second, do I? Zuko let out a sharp laugh. You've certainly never complained about me being on top of you before. Sokka blinked at him once, actually looking surprised and Zuko allowed himself a smug smile. Sokka, in turn, just scowled. Don't you start pretending you're not just as much a slutty switch as I am, pal, Sokka replied with a quick point at him. Just because you've gotten some superiority complex from taking care of me. Superiority complex? Doesn't mean you've changed, and let's not forget, Sokka said over him, who's going full octopus around who 
in his sleep, because it's sure as hell not me. Zuko threw up his hands. You cuddle me just as much, you giant liar, and that's hardly the issue here. Well then, what is the issue, huh? Sokka grunted, still glaring. The issue is, Zuko began, and then realised he didn't really know what they were arguing about at this point, except that Sokka was restless and in pain, and Zuko was annoyed and worried and in his perpetual state of exhaustion. And somehow, they'd started yelling about insanely stupid things, and now they couldn't stop. The issue is, you being stubborn, he finally decided. And not just getting over your bullshit and letting other people help you when you need it. Okay, so let me be sure I've got this right. Sokka counted out on his fingers with mock seriousness. I'm a brat, I'm stupid, and now I'm stubborn and full of bullshit? God, thanks. You're right. What would I possibly do without you? We both know that you're not stupid, Zuko said immediately, because he did feel a little bad about that implication. But the rest is true? Sokka gave a mocking sort of laugh. Wow, you really... Can you stop being infuriating for five damn minutes? Zuko snapped. You know that's not what I meant. I'm just trying to keep you safe. Why is that so hard to understand? Zuko, I'm not made of glass. No, you're made of bones and muscles and organs, all of which are breakable. Sokka groaned loudly and dropped his head back on his chair. Oh my god, you're being so dramatic. I'm being dramatic. So if I'm that damn frustrating, just leave me alone and go home. No, Zuko shouted back, being admittedly a little dramatic, but his mouth was still going anyway. Because my home is with you, damn it. Wherever you are, that's home for me now. That's where everything I love is, so that's where I want to stay, you frustrating, childish dickhead. He finished with a few aggressive jabs of his hand. So you're just gonna have to deal with it. Sokka paused, expression changing abruptly as Zuko still stood there, glowering. Wait, really? Sokka asked in a completely changed tone, the anger gone from his face as quickly as it had come on. Really what? Zuko replied, frowning again, because he'd lost the thread of his argument far more times than he'd like to admit considering he was still engaged in it. You, Sokka said slowly, you think of me as your home? That? Something soft came into his expression and his voice as he smiled. That everything you love is here with me? Chapter 9 Summary Decisions are made, and the drama comes to a happy conclusion. Zuko's brain finally caught up to the shouting. See, this was why he tried to do that less? And realised that, yes, he had just told Sokka, while simultaneously insulting him, that he was home for Zuko now. That basically, when Zuko made a top ten of the things he loved most in the world, Sokka was, in some way or another, numbers one through six. He couldn't pinpoint when it had happened, any particular day or moment or event. But it was true nonetheless. At some point, home had stopped meaning his apartment or his uncle's place or anywhere else literal, and had turned into 
wherever that blue-eyed idiot that I love is. He chewed his lower lip and watched Sokka's face, stomach going tight. Yeah, he admitted. Yeah, okay? He crossed his arms again and frowned. Why, you want to yell at me for that now too? Sokka put up his hands immediately, offering surrender. No, no more yelling, he said, and gave a slim smile. I'm sorry, I was just, well, being a dickhead, like he said. Tsuko let his arms on cross after a second. Yeah, well, he rubbed the back of his head. Me too. I'm sorry for yelling, and for being an arsehole. He frowned. See, this is why I don't let myself yell as much anymore. Because you won't stop, Sokka said, with an uptick of his eyebrow that matched his almost smirk. And you'll come up with really weirdly creative insults? Good vocabulary, by the way. His smirk was growing. I'm remembering infuriating and chaos train wreck, which, wow. And then that final punch of, what was it? Annoying childish dickhead? Zuko felt himself colour. Um, something like that. Also, Sokka said with a quick, excited hand gesture, did you make a top pun in the middle of an argument? The blush was clearly deepening, but he had to admit that he liked the amusement on Sokka's face a lot better than the anger and frustration for the last few days. Guess you're rubbing off on me, Zuko replied, but seriously, I'm sorry for the insults, and the yelling, and you know, all of that. Sokka waved a hand dismissively, expression going thoughtful. Actually, he said, eyebrows raising as he looked at Zuko again. I'm replaying some more of that conversation now. Was there a part where you said you'd be cool with moving in with me? Well, shit. Had Zuko said that? Oh, fuck. He totally had. Uh, he began, maybe? Maybe, Sokka repeated, grinning more. You'd maybe be cool sneaking your stuff up to my apartment and then staying here to take care of me? Zuko watched him. Maybe I would, he replied, a little warily. So you'd maybe, Sokka pressed, want to move in together? Zuko watched his face, nervousness twisting in his gut. You'd maybe, Sokka continued, still smiling, want to share an apartment and a bed and everything else with me? Throw together all our mismatched kitchen crap? Buy new furniture and share the rent and argue about who has to do the dishes? He cocked an eyebrow, looking almost annoyingly pleased with himself. You know, live together, live together. Zuko shifted his weight. Well, he said slowly, as he tried to process and recover from the whiplash in this conversation. You clearly need someone watching out for you. Sokka chuckled. Sure. So, he pressed. And I mean, Zuko said, considering even as he spoke, we already spend most nights just in one person's apartment anyway. Uh-huh, Sokka said, watching him now with an oddly eager expression. And, well, Zuko scratched the side of his face. It'd save on rent. Definitely. And make it easier for me to make sure you're taking your meds and eating actual food. 
because clearly, Sokka said, leaning back in his chair and giving him a teasing smile, I'm a stubborn brat who needs a lot of care. Zuko sighed and rubbed his forehead. How many more apologies are you going to need to get past this? Sokka shrugged, still grinning. I think we're good. I mean, he probably wasn't wrong, but anyway. He propped his elbow on the arm of the chair and his chin in his palm. You should go back to explaining so eloquently why we should live together. I liked that bit a lot better. Zuko glared at him again. Don't put it all on me. I just... I don't... Do you want to live together? Hmm... Do I want, Sokka said with mock seriousness and a tap to his chin, to get to wake up every morning to the person I love and argue with him about stupid shit all the time and watch our pets cuddle and get to come home to him every night? He met Zuko's eyes again. Yes, Zuko, what the hell do you think? Oh, Zuko said, staring at him and feeling his heart thumping loudly in his chest. Really? What do you mean, really? Sokka said with a laugh, and Zuko loved watching his face. Even through the bruises, it was still constantly expressive, constantly honest, constantly a little overwhelming with feeling. And right now, it was absolutely beaming certain. You're my home too now. You have been for a while, love. So you've actually thought about this? Zuko asked, still scrambling a little, especially because every time Sokka called him something like love, some part of his brain just turned into a glowing, happy puddle instead of continuing to do its actual job. Kinda? Sokka replied with a smile. I mean, I do like having you here, and even with all the bullshit with the leg and that, I really do feel better whenever you're around. His eyes went soft. And I mean, it's one floor and you're my best friend and you know, also, everything else to me. Zuko twisted his hands in front of him. Yeah? Yeah, Sokka replied, voice even more secure. So basically, of course I'd like to actually live with you. And come on, he shrugged. We halfway live together already, and it'd be way more fun to always have you here for real. Zuko allowed himself a tentative smile, already thinking of the hundreds of ways this could crash and burn and ruin everything. It was too soon. Zuko was too difficult. They were too different. They were too similar. They weren't good enough together. But he took a breath and let those thoughts subside. They could mutter, but he stopped letting them take over. He was learning not to listen to those doubting voices quite so much anymore, the ones that constantly murmured that he was broken and destined to ruin things and that good things in his life always got taken away. At least, it was getting just a little easier with time to ignore them. It also helped that Sokka's voice was always so much louder. Then let's do it, he said, smiling a little more. Let's share a place. You and me. Yes! Roommate boyfriend, Sokka announced and opened his arms. Now, I want to kiss you, but I'm a pathetic invalid, so you'll have to do the legwork. Zuko took a few steps forward. Was that a pun? Obviously, Sokka replied. Now, kiss me before we start arguing again. Zuko rolled his eyes but bent down, caught Sokka's face in his hands and kissed him. And as Sokka's hands came up to loop around the back of his neck, it really did feel like being home. 
He sighed into it, something easing within him in a way it hadn't in weeks. God, I've missed kissing you, Sokka murmured. We've still been kissing. Not like this, Sokka argued, and Zuko had to agree. It felt good, right, better to kiss and touch him again. Sokka's tongue teasing the edge of his lips, his nails at Zuko's hairline. So, Zuko ventured when they drew apart for a moment. When, how are we doing this? Am I actually sneaking my stuff upstairs? Well, Sokka said with a smile and reached down to knock on his cast. I'm sure as hell not moving anything right now. Right, so we should figure this out, Zuko said, trying to be practical as he looked down at Sokka again. Sokka was watching him with those beautiful, emotive eyes and his handsome, banged-up face, and was so much more than Zuko had ever imagined he could have. God, Zuko loved this stupid, brilliant, ridiculous man, and the last time he'd really touched him had been in the back of an ambulance. That wasn't acceptable at all. Damn, he was sick of being practical. No wonder they'd started yelling. Fuck it, he said, grabbed Sokka's face and kissed him again, harder this time. We can figure it out later, because right now... He let his hand slide up into Sokka's hair as he kissed him again, savouring Sokka's eager response. God, because right now I just want to take you to bed and make you feel so damn good that you forget your own fucking name, Zuko finished, all lips and breath and tongue. As long as that's okay with you. Sokka actually twitched at that and smiled into the kiss. See, that's where your creative language needs to go, Sokka replied, clearly not complaining about this plan as he rubbed his hands along Zuko's neck. Because god yes, please take me to bed, it's been way too fucking long. Am I carrying you, or pushing the weedy chair? Zuko teased, smiling through the continued kisses. Don't start getting sassy with me now, Rumi, Sokka replied. Zuko did end up carrying him to bed, which was a bit of a feat, but they were stubborn and stupid and in love. And then, stubborn a bit more, and horny, which was definitely ample motivation. And at least this way, Zuko got to have his arms around Sokka's middle, Sokka's legs around his waist, hands in his hair, mouth already moving over Zuko's face and neck. Once they got to the bedroom, he set Sokka down, still careful about keeping him balanced. Then there was quite a bit of awkward laughter and scrambling as they tried to get their clothes off while leaning on each other and keep the amorous vibe going at the same time. Shirts were thrown around and pants kicked away. The door was shut to keep out a whining boomerang, and Zuko couldn't touch everything quickly enough, couldn't press enough kisses to Sokka's skin. That lush, gorgeous skin, the jawline rough with stubble, the hollow above his collarbone, the curves and lines of the muscles of his shoulder and chest. God, how is he even real? How is Zuko allowed to lick into that hollow, run his hands over that chest, be rewarded with Sokka's voice in his ear? But he was, and Sokka gasped and leaned into him and was here, was Zuko's somehow, and safe and home and loving him too. Sokka flinched just barely as Zuko ran his hands down his sides, and he halted immediately, looking him over. The bruising on one side of his ribs, 
right. Zuko ran his fingers carefully over the mottled colours there, up and down over the dips and rises of each rib. Without meaning to, he checked Sokka's face for pain again as he did so. He was right back in work mode again, assessing damage, considering solutions. Sokka took hold of his hand, lifted it from his side and brought it to his lips, and Zuko followed that movement with his eyes. He looked at Sokka's face, chest tight, but Sokka's gaze was sure, even through the slowly healing injuries. He knew somehow what was happening in Zuko's brain. He always knew Zuko so well. I'm okay, Sokka said softly, dropping more kisses on Zuko's knuckles, turning his hand over to lay kisses on his fingers too. Each one of them sent shivers over Zuko's skin. Zuko watched him, stomach in knots, each press of those lips against his skin like a tiny spark. You sweet, wonderful man, Sokka murmured. My whole damn heart. Zuko felt a jolt of recognition. You remember the ambulance, he said quietly, sure he was flushing a little. God, he let himself get emotional in that situation, just full melodrama. Yeah, I do, Sokka replied, smiling a little. Or well, really, I remember you. He laid a kiss on Zuko's palm. Your voice and your hands in your face. Another kiss, another brush of hot breath. I remember how goddamn much you love me. Zuko swallowed. It was overwhelming, the move from worry to yelling to excitement to arousal to whatever this was. This thing turning Zuko inside out. Feeling romantic, are we? He tried to tease, and Sokka just kissed his hand again. Maybe I am, he replied with a bit of a smile. Maybe I just want to get rid of that worry furrow on your face. Zuko felt himself furrowing more, although for different reasons now. Listen to me, Zuko, Sokka murmured, and Zuko twitched a little at hearing his name, at the firmness of Sokka's voice. Sokka moved to rest Zuko's hand back on the bruises on his ribs, eyes not moving away. It's okay. I'm good, he smiled again. I've got you, remember? Zuko could hardly stand it being loved this way. He wrapped his arms around Sokka's waist, still a little careful, and pulled him close. There was no way to get close enough, to express it all enough. He moved them toward the bed, lay Sokka back, and hovered over him, kneading him, kneading those hands and lips and the warm, safe shape of that body laid out beneath him. He stroked up his bare chest, down over his hips and thighs, laying kisses anywhere he found, enjoying the way Sokka shuddered at his touch. Sokka responded in kind, fingertips soft as they grasped at his hair, down his neck over his back. Zuko pressed kisses to the bruising on his face, his eyelids, his jaw, and then worked down his body too, his collarbones, his ribs, his stomach places he had far too recently had to check for injury, had had to touch with clinical hands instead of these that loved him. Now he could love them, could love him. Is this okay? he murmured just above Sokka's hip bones, hands at his waist and keeping himself aware of the position of the cast. 
I'm not hurting you, am I? Never, Sokka replied, a little breathless, pupils large. But I also feel like I'm not, you know, doing very much to contribute right now. Zuko nipped at the inside of Sokka's thigh, making the other man yelp in surprise. Maybe I don't want you to do a damn thing, he muttered, continuing to kiss over Sokka's skin, to tease and stroke with his hands. Sokka's breath hitched. Maybe I just want you to lay there while I do everything, Zuko continued, mouth hot on the indent where thigh met torso. While I have you in every way I know you like, and then discover a few more new ones. Jesus fuck, Sokka gasped. Is this, is this sex demon Zuko or ultra protective Zuko? I'm just, it's... Just Zuko, he murmured, lips still against skin. Just wanting to take care of you some more. Just as a boyfriend this time, not your doctor. Thought you weren't a doctor, Sokka joked, even as he shivered and reached for him. But Zuko knew how to stop that smart mouth in the most satisfying way possible. And soon, Sokka definitely wasn't making any more jokes. Really, he wasn't saying any words at all, or at least none that made coherent sentences, which Zuko loved. God, when it just devolved into a lot of swear words and praise and groans and Zuko's name, that was perfect. How it should be. Just that. The breathless sounds of enjoyment and Sokka's hand massaging into Zuko's scalp and the taste of him on Zuko's tongue was all he needed in that moment. This man, and this bed and the opportunity to keep on loving him. And he did, in fact, discover one more new way of doing things that Sokka really seemed to enjoy. Afterwards, Zuko held Sokka against his chest, stroking through his hair and savouring the lazy satisfaction on his face. Sokka finally lifted his head to catch Zuko's jaw and bring their lips together again. His eyes were bright as he drew back, and that made Zuko's heart lurch again. He held Sokka even a little closer, pressed another kiss between his eyebrows. Welcome home, sweetheart, Sokka murmured, smiling, and then shifted to nuzzle their noses together. Zuko felt the rightness of that statement like something settling into place within his chest. A puzzle piece he hadn't even realised he'd been missing. That was The EMT by On My Literature Bullshit Again, chapters 8 to 9. Thanks so much to them for great relationship development through both hurt and comfort, and for letting me record it. If you enjoyed listening, please tell me what you liked over in the comments on AO3, or come shout at me on Tumblr, at Dear. You can also find On My Literature Bullshit Again there, at On My Literature Bullshit Again. Thanks again, till the next one. <laughs>